from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio in the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Senior Salute Radio. Senior Salute Radio is presented by the Estate and Asset Protection Law Firm of Victoria Collier. And hello again, everybody, and welcome to Senior Salute Radio, presented by the Estate and Asset Protection Law Firm of Victoria Collier. I'm Mike Salmon, alongside your host, Victoria Collier. Hello there, Victoria. Hey, Mike. How are you? Doing well. Want to let our listeners know that Senior Salute Radio brings timely information to leading age boomers and seniors addressing the issues of aging, caregiving, and maintaining quality of life. And today we're going to talk about here on the show the differences between estate planning, elder care, and asset protection planning. So, Victoria, to, to start off, can you kind of give us a, an idea of what the differences are between the three? Well, most people, when you are out in the community, you ask them if they've heard of estate planning, everybody raises their hands. You ask them if they've heard of elder law. And when I started this 16 years ago, only about 25% of the hands would go up. Um, and so clearly elder law and estate planning are different, and I'll get into that in a second. And then now there's this whole contingent called asset protection planning. And while many lawyers will do estate planning, elder care, and asset protection, they are all very definitely defined as different, okay? And so where that difference comes in is the actual question that the attorney asks the client and the focus of the answers. And that is estate planning attorneys will ask clients, what do you want to do with your stuff when you die? Okay. Elder care attorneys, the good ones, would ask, what happens if you keep living? Mm -hmm. Right? And so many people were concerned and still are about outliving their assets, which is a legitimate concern because where are they going to go? What are they going to do? Right? In fact, I had just today a client who passed away last night and that was his biggest concern was outliving his assets um, and then third is asset protection and most people who call our office will say how can you help me protect my assets but the answer to that is very different depending on what are your assets and so there's asset protection from for example nursing home care called Medicaid planning there's asset protection so that people can qualify for veterans benefits, other government protection programs. Um, but the traditional sense of asset protection is protecting businesses, protecting from lawsuits, protecting your assets from the need for long-term care or disability if you become disabled. So that one is the one that is the most um, broad and what kind of attorney you need depends on what your ultimate goal is. Asset protection and estate planning, though, it, it's, it seems like there's only a fine line then between the two. Well, there is. However, the fine line is becoming bigger and bigger and bigger, in fact, like the Grand Canyon, because estate planning, in the traditional sense, was planning to avoid estate taxes. And now, less than 0.03% of the population has to worry about estate taxes, meaning that their estates when they die, the value of their assets when they die, 
is less than the federal estate tax amount, which Georgia follows the federal estate tax amount, which is now for a single person, well over $11 million. And for a couple, it's over $22 million. So we don't have true estate planning like it was intended in the beginning. But that doesn't mean that there's not still planning needs. And so what the general sense of estate planning has come to now is putting together your basic documents, your will and your powers of attorney for health care and finances, and maybe a trust to avoid probate. And that's now considered estate planning, whereas asset protection really would come into those more complicated estates where you have businesses, you have um, succession planning to do when a business owner wants to retire or pass away, when you, um, not that they want to pass away, but it happens. Right. You can't get away from it. (laughs) That's right. Um, You have a lot of people, and this is where most of the market, uh, most of the attorneys who are doing basic estate planning miss the boat by a long shot and clients are harmed because of it and that's where for example a regular couple has maybe let's say 1.3 million dollars and that is much of it in let's say investments Mm -hmm. and those investments because most of these clients are now in their 60s 70s 80s they had these investments for a long time because what was the strategy? Hold and save, right? right? Let it you grow. Can, exactly. And so now they have high appreciating assets. And if they do a basic will or if they do the standard revocable trust to avoid probate, they've done nothing with regard to tax preservation when the first of the spouses die, uh, which there's a ton you can do to preserve what's called step up in basis, which means the value rises to the value that the asset is at the first spouse to pass away. And then that can happen again when the second spouse passes away. But that doesn't happen with your basic estate planning documents. You've got to move into that asset protection planning because what takes away your assets? Long-term care and taxes if your children don't take them first. So there's a definite difference there, as you just explained. And, of course, your firm is the estate and asset protection law firm of Victoria Collier. What makes you different and unique in your field? You know, when I got started uh, 16 years ago, my firm was actually called the Elder and Disability Law Firm of Victoria Collier. And I started my firm in that because elder law really was somewhat new and it really was in line with what I was doing which was helping those that were already in the third phase of their life who needed health care and didn't know how they were going to be able to pay for it or how they could protect their assets for their spouse or how they could protect their assets for an adult disabled child who is dependent on them and at that time uh, elder law we had trained society to believe Call this kind of lawyer when you need government assistance, okay? And my background before becoming a lawyer was actually I had served as a nurse's aide in a nursing home. So I did hands-on care for senior citizens. I also did that um, as a home health aide. Also, while I was in the Air Force, I spent six years in the Air Force 
Um, and while I was in the Air Force, as a second job at nighttime, I was a home health care um, aide. And mm -hmm. so I did the hands-on care. And so when I started my law firm in elder law, it really made sense because I was coming at it from a personal perspective. How is this person going to be able to get quality care? Which then in turn goes right to my mission in life, which is making sure people live as independently as possible with the best quality of life. People should not have to sacrifice quality of life just because they're aging or disabled. And so that's what I made my mission. Well, life kind of takes you where it needs you to be. Mm -hmm. And as I did this, about five years into it, I started thinking, because clients were coming to me, the children of my clients saying, can you plan for us? Can you plan for us? Because we don't want to be where my parents are. We don't want to have to, for lack of a better word, intentionally impoverish ourselves. Okay, And so their children were generally in their 50s. They were still working or had just retired because they might be in their late 50s, early 60s. And the planning options for them, to my knowledge at that time, included basically put all of your assets into what we call an irrevocable trust. Or here in the South, they say irrevocable trust. <laughs> <laughs> And then wait five years or more, and then everything will be protected and you can get government assistance. Well, as you can well imagine, the younger individuals in their 50s and 60s were saying, I don't want to tie up all my stuff. It could be 20, 30 years before I need something. And I was like, well, then wait until you get into the crisis. And nobody ever wants to hear wait until you get into the crisis. Now, the majority of people actually do wait until they're in a crisis, right. but they don't want to hear that from the professional that if they're forward thinking, they don't want to hear that as their advice. So I did a lot of research um, as to what can we do for the people in the middle. And so what we were doing for people in the middle now, which does fall into asset protection planning because it's more complicated than traditional estate planning. It's not elder care because we're not seeking benefits right now which is really what elder care is designed to do is how can I help you get veterans benefits or Medicaid right now it really was looking into the future so not only did we discover how to draft really good trusts that were flexible in nature and yet still provided all the protections from liability from creditors if someone got sued um, if someone was not intending to get divorced now, but maybe got divorced, you know, that happens. Our seniors are getting divorced at a higher rate than anyone else right now. Um, mm. So it did all that, plus combined with it pushed me into getting um, licensed in the long-term care products as well. Wow. So life insurance with long-term care riders annuities with long-term care riders. And so for my younger clients in their 50s and 60s, what we would do is an estate plan that ultimately avoids probate. It also provides a way to protect their assets should they need care in the future, and also a way to pay for the care should they need that so they don't have to touch their assets if they have other ideas and values that they want those assets to go towards. 
It sounds, Victoria, and we're listening to Senior Salute Radio here on Business Radio X, brought to you by the estate and asset protection law firm of Victoria Collier, and I'm talking with the host of Victoria Collier, that there's obvious differences between estate planning, elder care, and asset protection planning, and the individuals and families need to understand what the difference is while they, you know, while they're going through all of this, but it also sounds like there's probably going to be some overlapping every once in a while. That in many cases you're probably working in two of the areas at the same time for the same client, if not all three. Well, certainly the competent lawyer who can do all three is looking globally as to what is the best plan. And hopefully the client is not a cookie cutter client, and neither should their documents be. The overlap is certainly the name of the documents. Because it doesn't matter if you're in estate planning, elder care, or asset protection planning, everyone should have a will. Everyone should have a financial power of attorney. Everyone should have a health care advance directive. And all three of those different practice areas can do those. It's once you start getting into should we avoid probate? Are there assets we want to protect and how do we want to protect them? And not just assets, but income tax. Um, is there a way to um, minimize my income tax while I'm alive? and at my death because what people don't understand for example is that a retirement fund that's an asset and of course if you're over 70 and a half you're getting what's called a required minimum distribution so that's income but that retirement fund in the beginning was you know accumulating value over your lifetime and assuming it's not a Roth IRA where you pay taxes in the beginning, it's deferred taxes, which means you pay the taxes when the money is pulled out of the retirement fund. And this would be traditional 401ks, traditional IRAs, 403bs uh, for government uh, workers. But when they pass away, all of that is taxed to the beneficiary. And there are wonderful ways to be able to minimize those taxes, stretch out those accounts, and really allow them to accumulate for children and even more so grandchildren. Um, and that's where you're getting into people, lawyers, who need to know more about the asset protection planning. Um, the biggest difference, even though the documents sound the same, the planning sounds the same, when people don't know the difference and they group it all together with estate planning, then they don't distinguish between the skills, the knowledge, and the associated price that comes with the skills and the knowledge to do greater planning than a basic will. And so when you have consumers, for lack of a better word, mm -hmm. um, looking and they're comparing they're not comparing the lawyers. They're not comparing all the school you went to and how much of an expert you are in your industry. They're comparing price. And so when they go to a lawyer that says, oh, I can do your estate plan for $997, and another lawyer says, well, tell me more about you. Let's see what your full goals are. Um, and then that kind of crosses over into either elder care or asset protection planning, and now the fee is much higher. Mm -hmm. um, you get, well, I talked to a lawyer, and you're like three times more than them. And in fact, I can tell you a story. I met with this young couple. And when I say young, they really were young. Um, they were in their 30s, already millionaires, and not from inheritance. It was strictly from being um, conservative, having really high-paying jobs. Um, they just purchased their big dream house mm -hmm. 
and have their first child um, within a year and have absolutely no estate planning in, in place. And um, one of them is interested in having their own business as well and is pursuing that, although there's no value in the business at the, at the current moment. And so we talked about the differences in the basic plan and the actual asset protection. Um, because their house wasn't their only real estate. They also had rental properties and things like that. And so I quoted them our fee for what's called asset protection planning because we're talking about millionaires with multiple properties and a minor child and, uh, and retirement funds that were already really large. And so um, when we do our follow-up calls, then you know what was told to us is oh we talked to this other attorney and you were three times more than they were and it just begs the question you know after you've done this for 16 years and you know what goes into proper planning to truly protect your clients it just begs the question what what are the other attorneys leaving out Mm -hmm. you know what is not in their documents that you won't know until something goes wrong and sometimes that something is death and that something is much more taxes than you ever had to pay which means less to your child less to your spouse yeah and in the long term you may lose a lot more money if you don't pick that right attorney from the very beginning so don't let price be the only reason you select the attorney you work with exactly it really should be what do you value and what is that equal exchange to um, ensure that what you value is what you're receiving? I'm thinking we should probably applaud that couple, that young couple for being that young and at least thinking about this and discussing this because I'm going to take a wild guess here, mm-hmm. probably not go too far out on a limb and say most people don't think about these things until they're much later in their years. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, because I started off in traditional elder care, most of my clients were in their 70s, 80s, sometimes 90s, and they didn't have any plans in place at all. Wow. <laughs> um, or if they did, it was a will, but they didn't have the powers of attorney. And people have the general perception that I'm not old, I don't need that. But I've done enough court-appointed work where I basically donate my time to the court uh, in what's called guardianship matters. And guardianship matters are when somebody is brought before the court because they don't have capacity to manage their own affairs and the court has to appoint someone I can't tell you the number of young individuals and when I say young I'm talking 18 to about 35 Mm -hmm. who don't have any documents in place but yet they get in a car accident and now they um, you know have brain dysfunction they have swelling of the brain Um, they had a stroke uh, when they were young you know Things that disable them but don't uh, cause them to die. And they don't have any documents in place. And so now they're e- either they can't make their rent and their landlord's throwing everything out in the hallway. They can't make their mortgage, and so it's going into foreclosure. Um, and this isn't just single people. These are married people who don't have it because they just assume that their spouse can do everything for them. And the law just doesn't allow that. Wow. Well... To drive some of it home, too, do you have some other stories you might want to share? Maybe a success story, an unusual story, or an interesting story? I would say that the um, most recent success story, and sometimes you don't know it's a success until 
the benefit of the planning comes through. And so I'll share two success stories that are most recent. Number one is that w I had some clients that actually contacted me, gosh, five years ago maybe, um, about doing a guardianship for a parent. And the parent had actually had documents in place, but the parent got um, dementia, couldn't do things for herself, and she had a spouse, which as you can imagine, is the uh, step-parent mm -hmm. of the children. Define guardianship real fast. Sure, so guardianship is, and, and there's a, a parallel word called conservatorship, but both of them mean that you are going to court to have a judge rule that they don't have capacity to make their own decisions. With regard to guardianship, those decisions have to do with their health, their safety, and their uh, where they're going to live. Okay. With conservatorship is decisions regarding contracts, money, management of money, um, and so anything over monetary items. Okay. And so basically, mom was at home, not safe. Um, husband was taking care of her not well and and they had been together for decades and so you know he was doing his best nobody can fault him for that but there was indication he also had issues um but um so they were trying to take care of their mother as any you know child who's caring would want to do and so they moved her into an assisted living facility when the stepfather was in the hospital and so he claimed uh, kidnapping and all of this even though she had documents that allowed her children to make decisions for her well it went into a horrible horrible um, litigated guardianship matter um, nonetheless that's how I got introduced to this client so ultimately we did a really good job for them and so they said will you please do our estate planning for us mm -hmm. <laughs> and I said yes we will and we're talking about a man who was a professional at one company for 30 years. Um, his wife was a homemaker. Um, I'm not sure they use that word anymore, but um, she stayed home with the children. Yeah, I think they do. And, uh, <laughs> and still does, you know, now with the grandkids and things like that. Um, and so he had quite the, the retirement building up. Um, his primary concern was if something happens to me, how am I going to take care of, you know, how's my wife going to be taken care of? Because while she would get his Social Security, there's no pension left for her, you know, so the income would be less. Um, and, you know, I mean, the rest of the family is a little messy, you know, so how do we tie this up nicely? So we did a really good estate plan. Now, in theirs, we didn't have to do um, asset protection with legal documents. Um, so what we did was a revocable living trust plan, for example. Okay, so we avoided probate. Um, and then to supplement that plan, we used the financial products for the asset protection piece. And so for him, he bought a life insurance policy with long-term care and um, that also provided long-term care for the spouse as well. And so ultimately, um, he just passed away a month ago mm -hmm. and at the age of 59 years old. Oh. Okay, so we did planning when he was 57. No issues whatsoever. Um, and he passed away this year. Uh, well, 2018, a couple months ago. And um, ultimately... When I'm talking with his, his wife, 
you know, number one, she was so relieved we didn't have to go through the courts to do anything to wrap up his, his matters. And number two, with the financial aspect of the asset protection planning we did, she knows she's safe and secure financially for the rest of her life, no matter if she needs long-term care or not. And so now we just have to look at things to say, okay, is everything set up for the best way tax-wise for your children and grandchildren? And so that brings up another point is when we have life changes, Sometimes we have to actually review and update and possibly even change our estate plan and our asset protection planning. Um, And sometimes we don't. You know, sometimes it's like, nope, this is good. Um, So that's one success story. The other success story is, um, again, another young client of mine in her 50s. She was three months away from retiring, and she had a known health issue when she was planning to retire. But we had done her planning before. And how I got introduced to her was her husband had a, an illness, a condition that was degenerative. And so we planned for the assets to be protected for her. And we got her husband on Medicaid until he passed away. And then, um, so she's still working, all was good. We've done estate planning as well as some financial asset protection planning. She comes to see me and she says, look, I'm scared about this economy that we're in. Is there, you know, do I need to do anything? And I said, you know, we looked at everything again. I'm like, no, we've already done everything. Everything's good. You're really, you're good. She's like, well, I'm going on a trip um, out of the country. And I said, you've got the money, pull it. What else is it here for, you know? Right. And um, Sometimes people are afraid to use so, their money they yeah, work so hard for. Exactly. I said, you know, we've already partitioned out what you need for long-term care. Um, we already have what you know at a minimum you want your children to have that's not going to be touched. So live a little. And I'm so glad she did because she went, this was her second trip of the year, and she went overseas, and she was having lunch with a family member and died and so it was the best and the worst of situations right she was on this lifetime trip that she wanted to take her health was declining and she wasn't looking forward to going through that um yet you know nobody wants to die prematurely just three children who are in their 30s because she herself was in her 50s three children in her 30s and it was such a relief to be able to call them into my office and say, this is what your mother has set up for you. And you are, in fact, set up, you know. Yeah. And so when they had all these questions, we were able to answer first and foremost. And again, we didn't have to get the court involved at all, avoided probate. And now they are set to when they retire at retirement age, they are going to be multi-millionaires just based on what my client had and she didn't have anywhere near a million herself but based on how we were able to create it these children won't need to worry that's amazing because i'm familiar with a family that recently well several years ago lost somebody and they the, the siblings all fought in court Eventually, at the end of the day, nobody got anything. It all went to the attorneys. The lawyers got it. The attorneys, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. somebody got it. And so what I like to tell people is that although I'm a lawyer, I'll go to court if I have to and need to, but it's our goal to keep people out of court. Right. And it's our goal to create plans that 
move as smoothly as possible when possible. Now you're going to have messy families, but there's still ways to set up a plan to make it go as smoothly as possible. Well, I'm sure a lot of people have a lot of questions and would like to find out more information about these uh, things, whether it's estate planning, elder care, asset protection planning, or, or so forth either for themselves or, or for their family members, their parents, whoever the case may be, protect their kids. Uh, where can someone investigate and find out more information if they want to learn more? Well, so this industry, um, whether it be estate planning or elder care and asset protection, from an elder care perspective, there's a national organization called the National Organization of Elder Law Attorneys. Mm -hmm. And um, so they have a website, and it's just N-A-E-L-A.org. And, you know, you can check out lawyers there to see what kind of stuff they do. One of the things that I try to let people know is that when you are checking out lawyers, number one, personal reference of somebody who's used them and they're happy with it is always the best. But also check out their websites because you want to make sure that if you need a specialty in asset protection, that you're not getting someone that also does car accidents, that also does criminal defense, because n none of us can be spread that thin. And this truly is an expertise. And so you want someone who just focuses in that expertise. Um, and in this area, because as you said, there's a lot of overlap, you want somebody who is a certified elder law attorney who can do basic estate planning, who knows the, um, the government's benefit side, and then it's the asset protection piece that if you have you know, taxes you can save, that's kind of where you have to do your own interviewing of them to see how deep can they go. Um, so there are industries out there. Do your, your homework. Also check the bar um, to make sure that the lawyer does not have any discrepancies because you'd be surprised how many practicing lawyers are that are out there that actually have bar complaints that are legitimized and they've been disciplined based mm -hmm. on that, but yet still able to practice. Um, so for our phone number and our website uh, to check out the asset, the estate and asset protection law firm, uh, you can go to www.elderlawgeorgia.com and Georgia is spelled out. So that's elderlawgeorgia.com. And our phone number is 470-235-7848. That's 470-235-7848. And if I could be some bold, uh, as bold as also say that anyone who still has questions or wants to learn more information, check out Senior Salute Radio on Business Radio X because you have a, a, some archives of some previous shows and we'll have some new shows coming up as well. But you, you touch upon a lot of the different things in, the, in this field. We do, and in fact, because I believe in education so much, I have authored several books. Mm -hmm. Those are available on Amazon.com as well as on my website just by researching my name, Victoria L. Collier, um, and they span the different topics between estate planning, elder care, and asset protection. Okay, and again, the, uh, the website for your fir firm is elderlawgeorgia.com, and Georgia is spelt out, and the phone number to call, 470-235-7848, 470-235-7848. Thank you very much, Victoria. Thank you, and I'd like to thank our listeners. We salute you.